This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Cattitude. I'm your show host, Michelle Byrne. Okay, this episode, I didn't ever think I would have an episode like this because, you know, when I was discussing this with my guest, she made a really good point. You know, you've heard me, if you've listened to Cattitude shows all along, I'm big on TNR, I'm big on rescuing, I'm big on adopt own shop. But my guest today, has written a book about finding your perfect kitten and how to choose the right leader and never get scammed. And we had an interesting discussion before we talked about her coming on the show, but I want to have her on so we can talk about it and you'll see why um, I thought it was a good option. So stay tuned for the most interesting show you might have ever heard on Catitude. We'll be right back. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to welcome Marikita Joy. She is the author of Finding Your Perfect Kitten, How to Choose the Right Breeder and Never Get Scammed. And she breeds rag dolls in Maryland, right? Thank you so much for inviting me, Michelle. Yes, absolutely. We are a rag doll breeder in Maryland. I'm very excited to have you on. And I admire your guts. So when we first talked and you wanted to come on, I thought, you know, why does someone want to go to a breeder? There are shelters all over the place. There are cats everywhere. Why? There's so many. We I said there's, you know, there's TNR cats. There's so many other places. And I really thought was very skeptical. And you did not flinch. Uh, email, <laughs> of course, you did not flinch. Said, well, and provided some valid points. And I thought, you know, I am strong in this feeling, but I am wrong sometimes. Yes, I admit <laughs> not to the spouse, but otherwise I am wrong sometimes. You know, when I said, well, why would someone go to a breeder? What was your response? Well, really, you know, I don't think anyone's wrong at any time. I think there's a million different ways that we can all bring, you know, animals into our lives and love them. Thank you. I mean, since, you know, since COVID, the data says that 70 to 80 percent of all of us now are pet owners. So the numbers have just jumped since COVID. So, you know, the fact that we're all giving animals love the way we give them, I think, is the first key point that we don't 
you know, have to really look at any specific way or judge anyone, however they get their animal. But there are certainly reasons why someone would get an animal for a breeder. In my case, our cattery was created because I have a special needs adult daughter. And for her, my daughter's had 20 brain surgeries. Um, our cattery is called Kittens for a Cure. And we help with every kitten we sell, we donate money toward her disease association, the Hydrocephalus Association, to help try to find a cure for my daughter's disease so that kids don't have to have as many brain surgeries. But that being said, the reason why for us a rag doll was the perfect animal or the perfect cat was that we knew exactly what DNA we were getting. It was already tested and we knew we were going to get this therapeutic cat that would just literally flop in her arms, you know, whether she just came home from the hospital. This cat would just be like a floppy, cuddly, fluffy piece of cloud. And for her, that's what we needed. We couldn't take the chance of what kind of cat were we going to get? Could I deal with any type of behavior challenges I might have while I'm trying to deal with her recuperating from the hospital? And, you know, a lot of other families fall into that suit. They may have a child with autism. They may have some other type of special need. Or they literally may just want to know that their cat has already been fully tested health-wise. They won't maybe have the funds to want to take the risk on what animal might need future medical challenges. So they would have that behind them. And, you know, and then, of course, there's people that want to show cats. You know, we have a, a Sheltie in our household and we only wanted a Sheltie. We like the breed. We know what they're going to do. We know what Shelties are about. And most people don't think of it in the same way as cats. They kind of forget there's all these different specific breeds of cats. They just think, okay, a cat is like, you know, I'm going to rescue a sweet cat at the at the shelter. But, you know, if I wanted to get a Sheltie because I like a dog that that herds people, there's nothing wrong with me wanting to get that specific breed because I know what it's going to do. Right. Similarly, the same with cats. So, you know, there's pros and cons. It's totally different on what everybody's needs and lifestyle are of what their choice is. Absolutely. I'm so glad your daughter's doing better, but so many surgeries, my empathy to you both, that's a challenge for sure. And I could certainly understand you why you want a certain breed. I mean, my cats rescued me and I have one that's, you know, Mr. Nice Guy, which is Dennis. One runs around like crazy and, and doesn't want anything to do with me or it's on her terms. She hisses when she, I mean, it's unpredictable. And one's Major Diva. And then Sammy is and Jeff are my TNR cats that have their own house outside because Sammy's still skittish after six years. So I definitely understand what wow. you're saying because when you, yeah, see, Jethro would come in, but then we have to leave Sammy outside and we can't separate them. You know, oh, they have the light. They have a house, a heating pad, a water <laughs> fountain. They, they, I mean, a heating pad in South Florida, right? But you know, yes. well, they're well taken care of. They know the drill. They sit in the driveway when they want their treats. They don't let us pull in until we give them their treats. So they know how to control us. That's for sure. But so having that said that, I could definitely see, you know, wanting to know the personality of your cat more based on breed because certain breeds, certain personalities. And like you yes. said, you know, when I had, you know, Mr. Zussi has passed on now over, I can't believe he's gone two years, but for dogs, I always wanted Border Collie mixes because straight Border Collie, they had so much energy. So Border Collie mix, that was great. And so that's what both of mine were. As I never did a DNA test on either of them, but pretty sure that's what they were both. And so that was what I liked. But you're right. The breeds in dogs are, you can't even say they're more definitive, but there's, and I think there's more of them for dogs and they're more well-known because they're 
the variety is more noticeable. They're different sizes. You know, you have Shih Tzu, you have Great Dane, you have, so the size range is so different. Cats, the breeds are different too, but you're right. Most people don't notice them except in extremes, you know, your Sphinx and your Maine there's a big difference. Right. Yes, exactly. Otherwise, everyone kind of sees a cat as just a cat if they're not as familiar. Right. Yeah. And then allergies and all of that kind of thing. So while I still love the shelters, I do respect that that's my choice. And and that's where I adopted my dogs from, too. They were from shelters. My cats, they came to me. So I didn't have a choice but to adopt them. The dogs I went to find. But I could definitely understand and respect, you know, someone having wanting to make the choice of this isn't to be the best cat for me. I want this breed. And having said that, I do know there are rescues that are breed specific. But I also yes. know they are much more prevalent among dogs than cats. Not as many cats. Cats, very small, from what I know, very small amount of, you know, cat breed rescues. Well, and it is actually kind of interesting how we even got into rag dolls because this was a newer thing for us too with COVID. But we got a tuxedo cat, just a regular tuxedo cat off of Craigslist, just like, you know, so many people that go out in, in the past and go look for a cat. And someone was leaving this, the city and they said their cat had been their special need daughter's cat for 10 years and literally met us at McDonald's and just handed us their cat. I mean, you know, here you go. Here's our cat. We're, we're just moving out of state. We don't know how old it is. We think it's 10. Just take it. And we took the cat and we had the cat another six years. It was just the sweetest, best tuxedo cat we'd ever had. When I look back and I think now how I just took that cat with no information, no anything, just took it from the McDonald's. It seems kind of um, strange when I look back, but it was, you know, it was, it was super. And then our cat, unfortunately, she passed away here at the home. And we went out on our next search for a tuxedo cat, looked at different rescues and looked around and came across ragdoll cats. And I had known nothing about a ragdoll cat. I never knew there was a different kind of a breed. So once we were exposed to that, we just, I mean, our hearts were lost and we've never gone back since. Well, we're going to get more into talk about more of the breeds, especially the top 10 that are in your book. But we're going to take a short break and then we're going to talk about why you wrote it and the importance for everyone that wants to get a cat from a breeder, why they should read it. We'll be right back. Hey everyone, Michelle Fern here. You know, when my cat's healthy, she's happy. And when my little diva Molly is happy, that makes me happy. But I'm not a mind reader. I don't always know when she's healthy. And so helping me along and just to know that my cat's healthy is just one reason I use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter is made up of ultra-absorbent crystals that trap odor instantly. No more stinky cat bathroom smell. I love the fact that it weighs less. No more lugging heavy boxes and it's dust free. That's because Pretty Litter has a super light crystal base and it also, since it's dust free, it's less messy and the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the trash can. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes color to help detect early signs of potential illness in my cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. This is so important because, you know, I talk about cats. I have four, but Molly, she's my little diva baby. And I can't tell when she's not feeling good, you know? 
cats are stoic creatures. She doesn't say, hey, mom, something's up. So how would I know? Another great benefit is that Pretty Litter ships free to my door in a small, lightweight bag. I never run out of it, and I don't have a huge container of litter taking up space and stinking up my place. Pretty Litter helps keep my cat healthy and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash petliferadio to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash petliferadio to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash petliferadio. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking with Marikita Joy about finding your perfect kitten, how to choose the right breeder, and never get scammed. So, you wrote this book because I'm guessing you might have had a bad experience or read some bad experiences out there. Again, people know what to expect with dog breeders. With cat breeders, they're not so much. I don't know why cats still don't get the same, you know, time, energy, space talk about with the different breeds, but they just seem to not. So why did you write this book? Well, we found that when people were coming to see our kittens, that one out of every three kittens that we sell, the person that comes to us has already lost over a thousand dollars in a fake deposit online. Oh. Pretty much one in three. And it just breaks my heart. We literally had someone come Saturday who had already spent a thousand dollars online. So I just really wanted to number one, point out what things people should look for when they're looking for a breeder whether it's me or anyone else, just what to know to ask for. So you make sure you get a healthy kitten. And really, that could be a breeder or that could be like your neighbor's friend of a friend down the street. What do you do if you're going to go look at some kittens in someone's house? What things to ask for? So that's pretty universal. And I think it applies anywhere you're going to get a cat. But I really wrote this book because I just felt my heart just went out for all these people losing money on Facebook. Because of all these adoptions with COVID now, there is a huge shortage of animals, which has just allowed these scammers to go absolutely crazy. 35% of all the scams that are reported to the BBB are all pet scams right now. That's crazy. That stuff drives me nuts. It goes in my head. It's in the same bucket as like frivolous lawsuits or any kind of a scam. I just, smoke is coming out of me if, if, if I was a cartoon, you know? I detest that immensely. So I'm so glad you wrote this book to educate people because, you know, you're right. A lot of times when people make the decision, okay, I'm ready, I'm getting that kitten, you're so emotional about it and not everybody thinks, well, where are they getting this kitten from? Is this kitten, sometimes you can't tell when a kitten's a kitten, what they're going to be because they're a kitten, you know, how many weeks old is, you know, all this other stuff. And and inbreeding has been a big topic for, you know, with dogs and puppy mills and all that, but you don't hear about that with cats, you know, you just don't hear that much with cats. So what are some of the things that people could just, to just be smart about things? Well, one, I don't believe much online. When people say, here, hand me the money online, forget about it. (laughs) 
Well, it really comes down to, you know, our culture now of nobody wanting to use the phone. That's the very first thing. So, you know, you think that people that are going to get scammed are, you know, my age, I'm now a grandma and up, you think older people, but it's really not true because no one wants to pick up the phone. So everything's done on messenger and text, which is the first easy way for someone to scam you. So the main things you want to do is, you know, if you're ever asked to pay on cash app, that's the number one sign you're being scammed. You're never going to see a dollar of that money ever again. So cash app is just big red flag, you know, never pay a deposit on cash app. I always encourage people to use Zelle if they're going to use any type of online payment system, because that comes right from your bank and can be tracked. Always pick up the phone and actually have a conversation with the breeder. You can go look up any breeder on what we call the Tico website, which is the International Cat Association. They list every single state and every single registered breeder. We're required to sign an ethical contract with them. That states, you know, how frequently our cats would be bred, what ages they would be bred to, all of these rules that we have to follow. And you can search for any breeder in your state right there on that website. Now, if you fall in love with some adorable picture on Facebook and someone showing you this great, wonderful kitten, you can do a reverse search on any image online. It will show you whether, you know, where did that picture come from? Are you getting fed some fake picture? So those are like the key things to really help you. If you follow those and you make sure you call someone, you never pay on Cash App, you check out the International Cat Association, you can pretty much guarantee you can avoid being scammed. This is great advice, fabulous advice. It almost reminds me when you're, you know, dating, which I haven't in a really long time. But when you're, you know, how you want to research, yes. some people just don't think ahead of time. You, well, yes. yes, it's kind of you're, you know, you're looking for <laughs> your significant fur baby. So yes, you know, but you're right, there's so many things that people do. I mean, I like the idea of calling someone at one time, and then trying them again at a different time to see, okay, what's happening, you know, then making sure it's a legit number that, you know, you're right, there's so many scams. And even even if they do call you, there are so many scams. But um, what is the website again, where people can look up the ethical? Sure, yes. It's the International Cat Association, which is the initials Artica, T-I-C-A dot org. Okay, thanks. Let's talk about what would you say? I mean, those are great points. What would you say as far as if someone is just trying to sell, you know, uh, one of these, a cat they just found on the street or something like that? I mean, what would your comments be there? You know, you could sell a little kitten and say, oh, yeah, this is a bangle and it's a tabby, but not everybody knows. Yes. And I also think you'll see a lot of things like on or bait and switch, right? Yeah, absolutely bait and switch. But I also think you see a lot of the, you know, we have Himalayans that aren't papered. You see that kind of stuff out there a lot on Facebook, right? Like, well, who really needs the papers? You know, I have great rag dolls, but they're not papers. So they're, you know, half the price. So everyone looks at those and goes, oh, wow, great. You know, those are half the price. You know, I don't care if they have papers. Well, the reason why a cat has put on co papers, meaning that it's a purebred, means that it has had extensive DNA testing. The parents have, you know, generations of testing to make sure that there's no health issues. So if you think you're getting a deal because you're getting an animal that isn't registered, you have a thousand percent more chance of having an animal that's going to have health challenges and you're going to be spending thousands more out the door in the vet bills than you would have if you had invested with a, a breeder that would give you a quality cat. 
you can ask any breeder that you're getting an animal from, you can ask them to show you the testing on all of the parents. Any breeder that is with Tika, all their parents are tested. So like for ragdolls, for an example, we can have something called, um, well, an enlarged heart, let's just say in lay terms, that can be common in ragdolls. And so they need to be tested for it. What we do differently in our cattery is we test every kitten. So there, you know, there's all those cool companies now called like Base Paws, for an example, for one of them, that will test your kitten and tell you, you know, all the different breeds that it came from and so on. Well, we test every single one of our kittens individually from the company called Wisdom Panel. Wisdom Panel is really the big DNA company out there right now. So every parent goes home with a full test. They see all our, you know, that they're clear on all health things. It talks about how long is their hair? Do they have extra toenails? What are their ears going to look like? It comes back with all this really cute data that every parent loves to have. Not every breeder will give you that on on your specific kitten, but all breeders will have tested their parents. And that's the first question you'd want to ask to make sure you're not getting a tabby versus a bangle. Okay, let's talk about cat breeds. So you like the rag dogs, and I like that they're dog-like cats because Dennis is part Maine Coon that I found out are also dog-like cats. And Absolutely. I know cats could be cats, but you know, you have cat cats and you have dog like cats. There's a big difference. So let's talk about the top 10 favorite breeds. Yeah, absolutely. When we talk about the top 10, you're talking ragdoll, Maine Coon, Persian. Everybody loves the look of the Persian on all the famous TV shows. I always like to think of my kid's favorite movie of Stuart Little with the evil Persian cat Snowy. Um, and then you have ones that are, you know, like the little cute little Devon Rexes that kind of look like little elfins. They look almost like dogs, the Devon Rex. They look like their faces look like dogs to me. Like dogs with these big kind of um, Dumbo ears a little bit with the extra size large ears. And I yeah. know that Siamese are very talkative. Siamese are very talkative, can be very mischievous, but are a wonderful companion if you really want to feel like you've got someone who's, you know, going to talk, tell it to you right back and answer your questions. Very, very intelligent, but they can be a little bit protective because they're so attached to you that they're going to be the one that's not going to let your date in the door to come anywhere near you to give you a kiss. Maine Coon. Now, I have seen Dennis, who was just abandoned, as far as I could tell, in my uh, previous neighborhood, is part Maine Coon, so he's not quite as large as large Maine Coons. And anybody that's been on IG and seen some of these pictures, Maine Coons can be really big, like almost, I mean, some are 25, I think almost yep. pushing 30 pounds, but they're not fat, they're just big, they're big. So just giant. you shed a lot, but they're so sweet. I feel like they're kind of like in that ragdoll family in terms of both being very dog-like. Maine Coons, I think, do this also. But like with our ragdolls, you can throw them a little spring toy and they'll literally fetch it and bring it back to you like a dog. They'll follow you everywhere like a dog. I think the cool thing about Maine Coons, if you look on YouTube or you, you know, look to see some videos of them, is they don't actually meow. They make their own kind of cool sound. You know, you can speak to that about your boy um, and very talkative, but they make a different kind of sound than what you expect. I'm going to have to listen to him more. He's um, he's a little bit older than the other two cats. So he does his old own thing. He sleeps on his back with one foot up which is kind of weird. Uh -huh. No matter what you're eating as a snack, and um, we're talking not even a snack, lettuce. He comes over and taps you. Where's mine? <laughs> even if you're eating lettuce. 
Yeah, lettuce. He used to open the bags of dog food before I got, which is better anyway, one of those dog food bins that locks all the way down, so free of bugs, everything. He used to rip them open and eat the dog food. And how much does he weigh? Well, he's actually a little smaller, I think, than Charlotte. Um, He's more fluff. I think he's about, mm, I think he's lost some. So maybe 19, 18? Well, okay, yeah. Our biggest ragdoll boys that we have bred have been around 18 pounds. We have two that we're really proud of. The owners show us pictures all the time, and they're just touching 18 pounds. So I have a feel for what that size cat is. But man, trying to carry him around, that's a lug. Yes, and he's he's cuddly. Charlotte is even bigger, and she's a mix. And she's, you know, just a tabby mix. And she looks like an armadillo because she's round and has this, like, straight tail. I can't pick her up. My spouse can, but but not me. She doesn't want me. And um, <laughs> the diva is Molly, who's a tuxedo who I know everybody says tuxedos are so sweet. She's my cat-like tuxedo who is sweet when she wants to be. If not, watch for those claws. <laughs> let's talk, so let's talk about, okay, some more breeds. British yes. short hair and the Scottish fold. Are these yes. imports from UK? The British short hair, the British short hair is the one that just looks like a perfect little teddy bear. I know when you say British short hair, most people won't know what we're talking about just off the top. But yeah, it looks, it sounds like a little round, cute teddy bear face. They're extremely intelligent, but they don't get into trouble like a Siamese. They were created to be mousers. They're a little bit more independent. They're not going to be as much of a cuddler. They're going to be more of a companion cat, but they are just super adorable to look at and very trainable. However, they might like to chase your hamster around the house. I love the fact that when you talked about these different breeds in your book, that you mentioned some of the inherited issues that they can have, like the Abyssinian. Yes, Abyssinian. Yes, like like from Egypt. Right. It can have anemia and kidney and eye issues. I mean, that's important, like you said, so you can see the parents' papers and make sure that the parents are healthy. And, you know, there's always a chance because it's within the breed. But if you check things out, better chance your cat will be fine. Or knowing what to look for will give you things to discuss with your vet, how you can avoid health issues further down the line. Yes, exactly. So even if you were to get a shelter cat and you found this amazing, pure, you know, wonderful, fluffy white Persian, for an example, and it was a shelter cat, then you could already know, okay, these are the things that, you know, the Persian's more likely to have. These are things I want to talk to my vet about, whether you got it from a breeder or got it from somewhere else. It's super important to know whatever breed of cat you're getting, if you have an idea, or you take your lovely cat home from the shelter and go do base paws on it and you'll have a whole idea of what background your kitty has so that you do have a little bit of an idea of what you might you know possibly expect i mean persians have huge health challenges and that's the one cat when you think of purebreds and you think of someone wanting to go to a breeder you always think of persians right you think of some like i think of like uh, a rich hollywood lady having her purse cat and having this perfect persian but they are wonderful to look at but they do have a ton of different health challenges because of that flattened in nose dental issues and so on right okay and dental issues as well wasn't a famous cat that some people might know of grumpy cat wasn't he persian yes and so he didn't live that long he had a heart issue he passed it like only like i think he was six years old or eight years old eight years old i think yes yeah. Yes, that grumpy, so, that grumpy face. Which is sad, but so people are trying to think, you know, what is that kind of a cat? That's it. The smushy, smush face. And 
you know, that I mean, that's a challenge with dogs too, but with cats might be a little different challenge. They're not little dogs. They're, you know, made a little differently. Let's talk about Sphinx because I think they're adorable, but I do know that I am way too busy to have a Sphinx cat because they are very needy and, you know, they don't have the fur that you're probably used to. Well, the interesting thing about sphinxes is that they were actually developed in Canada as a mutation. And I grew up in Canada. So, of course, I love my my native country as well. So three hairless kittens happened to be born to a breeder and they loved how they looked. So they continued to breed the mutation, which then took us to this new breed of sphinx cat. They actually can have a lot of skin issues because of not having hair. So when you think of not having hair as a positive, it can also be a you know, a big negative for having all sorts of dermatological issues. Um, They are a very needy cat. They're going to be at the door crying when you come home, sad when you leave, never want to leave your side. So they'll be your best bud ever. But they're also going to be, you know, a little needy if that's a little too much for you. See, that's for me, that's a little too much, although I think they're adorable. And I did know about the how they were came about, which is a really interesting story. You know, it makes you wonder how did that happen? Gene mutation, three hairless kittens, and here you go. Thousands, yeah. thousands upon thousands of sphinx cats later started from these three. From these three mutations. And actually, even though they look like a cute, tiny alien, they're super compact, muscular cats. So the boys can be like as big as 14, 15 pounds. You would never know that when you look at a cute picture of a sphinx. You'd think it would be like a, you know, five pound bag of nothing with its with its hairless features. I'll tell you one thing, when you see pictures of them, they're hysterical because they are, you know, naked. I mean, there's no fur. So (laughs) all cats obviously are naked, but can't really dress cats. But yeah, there's no fur. So their pictures end up being hilarious because, you know, you see everything clearly. We just had to um, shave our, we have our own neutered ragdoll boy. We have one boy in the house that's our neutered pet. And he got a really, really bad mat on him this summer. So we just had him shaved which is not something typical ragdolls or long-haired cats. You're not going to keep them short. You're always going to let their hair grow. And so we had that taste of the naked feel of the cat for a little while. And what was interesting is he was never a cuddly cat. He was a companion cat, likes to be around, but not with you. The minute he got shaved, number one, that's, that naked fur feels really, really interesting to pet. I was really shocked by how nice and warm it kind of feels. And he immediately became like, a crazy lap cat because I guess he was cold. So for about a month while his fur was growing out, he would not stay off of my lap. It was like somebody had handed me a different cat once they shaved him. Okay, that's funny. We've had to shave Dennis in the past, but not that low. So, you know, I didn't really get the skin feel. But I think one day when I'm like a really little old lady, I'm going to get a sphinx. It'll be my little bite. (laughs) All right. So, Marikita, before we close, I know we got a little off on the breeds. Let's talk about what people could do if they get scammed. Yes, absolutely. I wanted to make sure to point out to people that the Better Business Bureau actually has a scam tracker if you go to the Better Business Bureau site. And there's also a website out there specifically called PetScams.com. And they have lists of potential, not potential, of known scammers. So you might even be able to see the person that is was been trying to scam you right there on their site. The FBI also has an internet crime complaint center. You can Google that and you can also make a complaint directly to the FBI site for internet scams. So those are the three places 
that you should definitely go to if you do get find yourself scammed. Great information. Where can people go to find out more about you to find your book? And maybe they want a ragdoll cat. Sure. Yes. Well, our website is kittensforcure.com. We have information there on our book, which is available now on Amazon. But the cool thing is for all you podcast lovers that as of 48 hours ago, our book is now available on Audible. It's about a 29 minute listen. So it's a real quick listen on your way to work. Gives you a full amount of tips of the kind of things we talked about today. Well, I want to thank you for giving me a different point of view to see because this has been a really interesting show. And I think it was really beneficial and wonderful to have you on Catitude because it can help so many people that do want a purebred not to get scammed because they're out there and as the internet grows scams grow unfortunately so Marikita thank you so much for coming on Catitude and sharing your wealth of knowledge and for writing the book Finding Your Perfect Kitten thanks so much for having me Michelle I hope everybody enjoyed this show it's a great eye-opener, and I think Marikita has given a wealth of information to, you know, those of us that do want to go to a breeder. You know, for me, I'll do the shelter route, but I know that there's a lot of people that want a certain type of cat, and, you know, that's your choice. And there's definitely a great deal of information in this show to make that decision. And again, Marikita, thank you so much for coming on Catitude. I want to thank my cat crew. The only one in there that I could identify as any kind of breed is Mr. Dennis, who's part Maine Coon, and he was abandoned, and I found him, so lucky me. And then we have Molly the Tuxedo Cat. We have Charlotte, who looks like an armadillo, but she's a, a mix. And so Charlotte and Molly are the sisters from different litters and different misters of Sammy and Jethro, who Jethro's like a calico and Sammy is a tabby, a tiny tabby, although her daughters are much bigger. So that's my cat crew. And then, of course, Nikki, the Havanese dog, who's purebred and purely crazy Havanese dog. So that's my crew. Anyway, thanks again for listening to Catitude. I appreciate it so much. Please give a listen. We're on so many different places you can find us, Spotify and iTunes. And just take a look. We're also right at Pet Life Radio, many, many places. So thanks for listening to Catitude. We try to bring you all kinds of great things, everything and anything about cats. And of course, thank you to my producer, Mark Winter, for making me and my guests sound amazing. Now remember, lose the attitude, have catitude. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.